Hello, and welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay, and she's Sarah. Yep, that's correct. Yep. (laughs) We are marine biologists in recovery, and today we are talking about the best movie in the world, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Ugh. Oh my god, this movie is so good. So good. I hadn't seen it for a long time. I think the last time I watched it was probably shortly after Alan Rickman passed away, Mm -hmm. because it was kind of the only Alan Rickman that I felt emotionally capable of watching at that point and Mm -hmm. really wanted to. Yeah. And it was not seasonally appropriate to watch Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, so it had been a long time. Oh, I'm sure I've seen it since then. Maybe not, though. No, that's six years ago. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that tracks. Yeah. Yeah, I know I, I know. downloaded it when I saw a preview about the documentary coming out, but I didn't watch right. it then, so I haven't watched it mm. since at least then, but right. maybe? I don't know. No idea. Anyways, I've seen it so many times, and it's so great. It's so good. Do we need to tell you about this movie? It's Galaxy Quest. Yeah, it's if the you, if, if you're listening best to us, Star Trek movie by Voted On yeah. by Peers. By everybody. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you're listening to our podcast and you haven't seen it, pause this, go watch it. It's on Netflix, Mm -hmm. Um, or at least in Canada, and then come back. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. I would say that it is Tim Allen's best role ever. Mm -hmm. It gives Sigourney Weaver a chance to play, like, very not Ellen Ripley. Yep, definitely. Yeah, everybody, like, the cast is just The cast is incredible, like, if you look at it. Yeah, and like who, like Sam Rockwell's in it, like yeah. when he hadn't really done anything. When he hadn't much. done anything. Rain Wilson's in it. Yeah. Oh, who's that guy? Uh, Enrico Colantoni, who's mm-hmm. in, he's like that guy in everything. In everything, yeah. Justin Long is like oh, a teeny tiny like baby his Justin first Long. Role, except I think yeah. for Ed, probably came out around then too. Yeah. Do you know who plays Saris? I looked it up. Yeah. Ethan Ray. Well, yeah, Ethan Ray and Robin Sachs. Um, and the. Yeah, the so Daryl Chill Mitchell plays the like pilot, but mm-hmm. in the original show he's a kid, and the kid is Corbin, Corbin Blue from, uh, high, school <laughs> from high School Musical, before <laughs> High School Musical. Oh my gosh! Jed Reese is in it, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" I had to look it up, and he's one of. This is a very Canadian reference, but he's one of the team members in Men with Brooms. He's like the weird like one with the. That it's like having sex all the time. Oh yeah, like there was a couple. He plays people one of the crazy like, aliens. Why do I know who these people are? And then I look. And yeah. I'm like I don't know why I know. Yeah, them. no, I had around. to scroll way back to be like, yeah. why do I know this guy? Because he's like one of those guys who's just been in like an episode of everything. Yeah, but and yeah. Then, then he's in. He's in men. He's one of the guys in Men with Brooms. Yeah, and then the girl who, alien who. Mm, yeah, Missy Pyle is like the ridiculous bad girl in Josie and the Pussycats. Yep. Yep. And then uh, Patrick Breen, who's the one who dies, like, and mm-hmm. has that, like, serious moment with Ugh. with Alan Rickman's character. Like, I don't know what he's... He's been in, like, everything. He's been in everything. Like, he's, he was in the West Wing. Uh, all kind of, Like, he's just one of those guys. He's just always around. But yeah, he's really good. He um, And then on Lindsay's recommendation, after we watched the movie, we watched the documentary, which was also really good. Mm-hmm. It's on Amazon in Canada. 
know? Yeah, which is strange, because I'd seen it on Amazon, because Amazon's like, you might like this, and I was like, you are right. So I assumed that the main movie was on Prime, but yeah, it was not, at least in but, Canada. Who knows? Yeah. It was also it was incredibly good and it was it's full of amazing people including Will Wheaton and Brett Spiner who like know yeah. who the, know exactly why they're there and it's perfect like they got the perfect people. Oh yeah, 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 all kinds of good people. Yeah, really, really great. Definitely cried in both the movie oh, yes. and the documentary. Yep. Yeah, like there's two moments in the movie that I cried. One when Alan Rickman does his like when he really means it, like his little. Uh, by the power of Grant Thor or whatever it is, mm-hmm, speech. Mm-hmm. And then one, and then Tim Allen makes me cry in the movie. Oh, when he's telling him the truth? When he, like, confesses yeah. to the dying alien guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. Which is surprising. Like, I, didn't, mm-hmm. I don't I know. think Tim Allen like, if I had to pick, <laughs> pick an actor to make me cry, it's not going to be Tim Allen. Nope. Um, yeah. yeah. And then you cry in the documentary for obvious reasons. Oh. Mostly the Alan Rickman of it all. Same reason um, why I cried in the yeah. Harry Potter documentary. Oh, it did not make me cry as much as the Harry Potter documentary. Mm-hmm. But very few things have. Oh my god. <laughs> then I kept thinking about the Harry Potter documentary afterwards. I was trying to I go know, to if bed you're, and I'm like... <laughs> if, you're, if you're feeling overhydrated and would like to fix that by crying, um, I would recommend watching it. <laughs> Um, but anyways, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the science and galaxy quest. There's not a lot, but we're talking about this movie anyways, because it's awesome. It's so amazing. Okay, so we were talking before we started recording even about Mm -hmm. how important this movie is and how ahead of its time it is, which is a lot of what the documentary is about. And also Mm -hmm. how the studio didn't know what they had and they marketed it all weird. Yeah. But it's one of those things. It's like my first things of like the how co- the opinions of cons have changed so much mm. in 20 years. Yeah. Like, less like than a 19, Less than 20 years, but yeah, like, compare, like, Comic-Con 1999 to, like, Comic-Con, I don't know, like, 2014 were, like, mm-hmm. complete opposite beasts. Yeah. Had, here's a strange question for you. Had you seen another Star Trek movie before you watched this movie? Or is this your first Star Trek movie? This must be my first Star Trek movie, because I didn't think I saw a Star Trek movie until I saw the reboot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So this I love is my that first Star Trek movie. <laughs> yeah. But it was also like even in nineteen ninety nine I understood enough about the world. No, I'm not saying that understand. you don't understand Star Trek enough no, to I have know. cared about this movie. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. this is the first one that came this across. This is my first your... Star Trek movie. Yeah. 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 But I yeah. I got a lot of it. Oh, of course jokes. you did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, of course you did. Yep. So yeah, this is definitely more of a movie about like our culture and it like strangely mm-hmm. prescient yes. about both about reboot culture and also about nerd culture, which like they're kind of interconnected. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then I mean, I'm really I'm, I'm like the main reason that I think they didn't reboot the show was was because Alan of died. Alan Rickman dying. But I'm glad that they didn't because I think it would have been bad. Yeah, I agree. Like, Tim Allen's definitely gone off the rails. 2016 would have been a horrible time to have Tim yeah. Allen be on our televisions, even though he already was. Yeah, but uh, I on my don't know anything about that show. No, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And it just... sad as I am that Sigourney doesn't get to be on my TV all the time. I know. Uh, I know. Like, we Although, have not... We've barely talked about her. Already, I know. But... I, my first note is when the rating pops up and it says mild sensuality and I was like is that just me and Sigourney mild sensuality yes. yeah that's our relationship <laughs> yes yeah 
Yep, Sigourney Weaver's breasts are the reason yes. that it gets that rating. Although they're yeah. not hers, they're they're, they're fake. Not hers. They're fake. <laughs> so I was gonna say, like, it talks about nerd culture and reboot culture, but it also like totally has an underscore dig about women in sci-fi that you Absolutely. don't understand unless you uh, know what's going on. Well, and also, like, her agent didn't want her to play this. The movie didn't want, like, science fiction actors to be in Mm it. And she, like, fought hard to be in this role because she's like, if I hadn't gotten Ripley, this could have been me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's so true. Yeah, she talks about that about Alan also. Mm -hmm. Like, he could have ended up being some weird, not necessarily weird, but he could have just been on the stage for the rest of his life, which I'm sure he would have been happy with as a British actor. But yeah, he took this super random role as a German terrorist, and here we are. Yeah, and then got all kinds of crazy American stuff. But also, he could have been like, if Star Trek was less successful than it ended mm-hmm. up being, like Patrick Stewart could have basically yep. been that guy. Yeah, right. Totally. Like this yeah. super famous, very well respected actor who just like. Everybody, like, even though he's done so many bigger things, everybody knows him from this thing that he, Mm -hmm. like, initially, I think, really hates and resents that he had to do. Not, Mm -hmm. not, not not Patrick Stewart. No, not, not, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't mean Patrick Stewart. I mean, like, the, the, uh, the character Character of the actor in Galaxy Quest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning is resentful of the fact that he, like, has like feels like an obligation to come to these cons mm-hmm. in in costume. That was the that's the one thing that like strikes me as really fake is that they're all in costume and in their makeup. Whereas like you never see that at modern at cons, yeah, like fan cons. Like the the actors don't. No, they might like do a funny nod to it, but they're very rarely, mm-hmm. especially like the big ones. Yeah, I think the only like I've seen there was somebody that did like a. It was like a hair and makeup workshop demo thing, and so it was like the, like a, some somebody who played a Klingon like agreed to like get put back in their Klingon Klingon makeup as part of like the panel. No, that's um, cool. but it was like talking about mm-hmm. like prosthetic mm-hmm. makeup and happening. stuff. Yeah, that sounds yeah. cool. I want to go to that. Yeah, I don't remember. Klingon that was a while makeup ago. Always fascinated me. So yeah, it's so cool. Well, and also like it's funny that yeah, like Alan Rickman is like the Spocky character, mm-hmm. but also like the Klingon makeup. Yeah. yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. I like, I like that there's not a hundred percent, like this person is this, this person, person, this yeah. person mm-hmm. is that person. Like everybody's kind of a mishmash of, of like yeah, their Star Trek counterparts, which obviously mm-hmm. was good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Should we talk about some aliens? Sure. Let's talk about some actual kind of science. And well, but it's still going to be like sci-fi meta. Yes. <laughs> um, so the main aliens are the Thermians, and they're hilarious in the movie. Oh my gosh, so funny! And in the documentary, they really go into a lot of like how those the like not the visual look of them, but the behavior was really crafted, mm-hmm. and it was like very collaborative between a lot of the actors and stuff. But so Thermians are octopus like like cephalopody aliens who use these appearance modifiers they talk about in the movie to make them look human-ish basically Mm -hmm. for the comfort of humans and also to save money on the movie in a meta meta sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then they make these like they're like native like like their language is like I thought it was maybe, like, sampled from dolphins or something. But then in the mm-hmm. documentary, Missy Pyle just, like, 
rips it out and you're like, oh yep. no, they just, it's just God, they just made them all made, made crazy sounds. <laughs> they might have like topped them up when there was like more, but yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, they just they just did it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely dolphin like the pitch and the oh yeah, kind of, not yeah, the timbre bas- but it, like the length and the the length and the sort of rhythmicness rhythmic, yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it basically. It sounds exactly like what it is, which is like a human making a dolphin noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So great. Don't really know much else about them other than they're like culturally very honest and very, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say necessarily naive, but naive in terms of like the political, uh, like underhandedness of other aliens. Like they, they don't really understand or like have a concept of like lying or not telling mm-hmm. the truth a hundred percent like perfect like absolute absolute candor absolute truth yeah yeah so that sort of gets them into some uh some trouble with the bad guys mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think like it's just like a peaceful nation just like living on the wrong planet, yeah basically and the bad guy yeah basically to be they- there yeah, the bad guy wanted their planet, and so they looked to historical documents for help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, the aliens are, there's not really much about them. They're sort of lizard-y. I would say, in lots of ways, this movie had, like, higher production value than all Star Trek movies until the, yes. like, 2009 reboot. Mm-hmm. Like, crowd sizes, like, the not even just the, like, at the convention, but, like, the number of alien characters that they had on the ship, like, you never, even in Star Trek 2009, you never see that many people, like, on a spaceship. Yeah, totally. Ever. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting. It was like, oh, you guys got people. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like, they didn't skimp on anything else. Like, they had some pretty decent CGs, some of which holds up. Oh, yeah. So, well, because it was, yeah, ILM and, like, yeah. one of the best creature shops doing mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, so, this like, movie, they I think had a partly, lot of money. yeah, partly maybe because they only needed to do that for, like, half-ish of mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah, and it wasn't a lot of sets. Yeah, maybe? for sure. And yeah, also was, like, it was, like, the beginning of DreamWorks when they had... Yeah, DreamWorks was, like, throwing a lot of money at it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that might be part of it. Mm-hmm. And also DreamWorks says that we found out wasn't really paying that much attention during production because they were dealing with making Gladiator. their other big first movie. Yeah, Gladiator. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, don't know. it's interesting. And, they just, they had a yeah. lot of money. Yeah. It was really well put yeah. together. So I think it was more of just like the green screen kind of ones didn't work. There's a couple where like the heads were kind of near the front and then yeah. there was stuff and I like was like, oh boy. Perception. Yeah, but there was other ones that I'm like, and they talk about it in the thing, like the spaceship crashing at the end, like this, all of the spaceship flying at the end yeah. on the street, like all of that is like... Yeah, they did a really stuff. good job. Yeah. Yeah. So... And then they go to a desert planet, which was Utah, um, <laughs> which I mean tracks. Uh, although it's hard to say, like, was it a desert planet or was it just a desert on a normal planet? Or not a normal yeah, planet, yeah, but like on a regular planet. Thing, and I was thinking about it with this, it's always a thing in Star Trek and also Star Wars. Like every time they go... To a planet, yeah, it's like just one thing. Like Tatooine is all desert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I'm thinking Endor, about it moon. more because yeah. we're spending so much time on Tatooine now, as in the shows. It was just like, oh, yeah, is it, it, it's all yeah, desert. It's just all desert. Yeah, and this is definitely like my thoughts on this were inspired. I saw a tweet, and I wish I had bookmarked it or whatever because I can't find it now. But somebody was like, "What's the primary production on?" 
Tatooine? Like, how is there enough energy to support, like, giant indigenous species? Yeah. Because, like, on it's Earth, it's, like, plants and algae, and that, like, creates energy from, like, abiotic stuff, like, non... Basically turns, like, chemistry into biological energy, so plants and algae do that here, and then other things eat plants and algae, and that's the circle of life. Um, but, like, on a desert planet, who knows? But then also on this planet, their giant most giant animal that we see or most giant species that we see is made looks like it's made of rocks so maybe Mm -hmm. the rocks are the algae maybe uh, equivalent i don't know i don't know i will say in on tatooine Mm -hmm. and like people probably knew this already but i'm just finding Mm -hmm. about it now is that it was ocean before oh left a long time ago so that's kind of like let's dig into that so it's like transitioning works now that it's all sand but was ocean what's left over what adapted let's look at that i don't care a yeah, lot yeah, about yeah. boba fett don't get mad at me nerds yes <laughs> let's get no i would like more about the, can we talk about the ecology of tatooine or the many ecologies of tatooine so maybe it's like a transition from like like what mars went through like so yeah. maybe they lost their magnetic um yeah. what's it called i don't know but they also tatooine has giant giant animals on it so yeah, something is working. They they're eating something. Yeah, but maybe by the time the ocean left, they were able to the giant animals were able to eat like the people. Yeah, which is the thing that happened in uh, the Mando episode we did last year about the big dragony thing. Oh yeah, true with true. The raiders. So mm-hmm. that could have been mm-hmm. an ocean animal that evolved. Makes yeah maybe size makes more sense. Anyway, uh, back to Star <laughs> Trek. Well, this isn't Star. I mean, Star Trek. It's all. It's all interconnected. It's all this definitely has inspiration from Star Wars too. Of course, it does. I think like we talked about the moments that were really emotional, but I think my favorite moment in the whole thing is when uh, Quan Tony Tony Shalhoub's character like they're on the planet and he's like, "How do like the doors already open to the planet from the shuttle?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "How do we know that the atmosphere is breathable?" And he does this like hilarious like smelling testing of the air, <laughs> but I'm like, it's it's like half a second and it's just so funny yeah it just catches me every time and like first of all it's too late <laughs> yeah way too but late also, like, once that door is open that's it good for trying yeah yeah so you know handy that uh all the planets and like the other aliens that they you know like the because i'm pretty sure like in like a 1970s sci-fi show they wouldn't have talked about like what their atmosphere was so very convenient for the thermians mm-hmm. that yeah that like, humans breathe the same atmosphere as they do yeah because they're definitely like they didn't change and they're not wearing suits when they're octopus no 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 yeah they're just they're just it's like the translator yeah it's the same atmosphere yeah and same with the bad guys also yeah yeah they all are fine in a human atmosphere very convenient Mm -hmm. um like most of these things, thinking about yeah. Star Trek and Star Wars. Indeed, indeed. But I like the idea of appearance modifiers as being like a workaround for why all the aliens look mm-hmm. vaguely human. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's like it's Very like the trans the it's like the visual version of the Universal Translator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so handy. So there's not really much else we could talk about. Beryllium, which is an yeah, actual let's element. do it. So. Beryllium is chemical element, atomic number four. It's steel gray, strong, lightweight, and a brittle alkaline earth metal. So in mm. the movie, 
they have a beryllium core, which mm-hmm. sounds exactly like somebody, same thing as like, not Wonder Floridium, um, the one Iridium or Iridium, all of those kinds of, or like, let's find in, an element. And... Yeah, well, I forget what they use in Star Trek. It's, uh, no, having a brain fart. Sorry, Star Trek fans. Yeah, they use some other thing that like sounds like it might be an element, but I think is not. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Same with Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. So this element occurs only naturally in combinations with other elements to form minerals. And it's pretty rare in the universe, which is definitely not true in this movie. When they go to the desert planet, there are cute little aliens who turn out to be evil, which in a fun way, mining it into really big, like up to your waist kind of spheres, Mm -hmm. which is very convenient. Because they just need one, and it's already in a sphere. sphere, And then they can just take it and put it in the ship. Like, I don't even know if anything's even plugged into it. It just works somehow. <laughs> they never get into it. Although I think it might be in the wiki, in the Galaxy Quest wiki. Mm. It is the heart of the quantum flux drive. <laughs> Has to do, I think, in the movie, ionizing radiation. Yeah. And neutron beams, and... Yeah, it's just one of those wonderflowium things. Wonderful things that, yeah. yeah, that does does whatever you need it to do in the moment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah, I don't think they even like they didn't even spend any time really on the Wikipedia page. I don't know. Did Wikipedia no. exist in nineteen ninety nine? Um, they just. I don't think. Yeah, so. I don't think so. They just were like had a periodic table. Um, yeah, they and picked one. Picked a near vaguely the top, obscure one. Atomic number is four, so they didn't even get far down to the weird stuff. They probably just picked one that they liked the sound of the word for. Yeah. It's also, Mm -hmm. like, it's similar to what they... So I looked up while you were explaining Brillium, what they did for Star Trek. And so Star Trek uses something called dilithium, which Mm. is, like, they say in Star Trek universe is a new element. But Mm -hmm. the word makes you think that it's two lithium Lithium atoms together. Yeah. Which is weird because it's a metal, but it's it's up at the top too. So yeah, it's definitely like in the same vein of like, let's just pick a word. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. like maybe they start at the bottom and are like, Einsteinium. That's too weird. Too let's hard go back to say. To the top. Yeah, it's probably what happens. That's yeah. what I would do. Yeah, but it was especially the way they said it so much. I uh, was like, is this this is real, right? Beryllium. That's a element. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Basically just to make it sound real-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So, makes sense. Makes sense. It's what happens when you get writers writing mm-hmm. science. Exactly. It's They're fine. good at some things. Like, it sounds cool. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Do I have anything else to say about this movie? I don't. I, I don't really think so. We're a little light on the science, but it was very important to me that we did this movie. I me think to both too. of us. <laughs> Because it's really good. Really, really good. And it sort of connects us to last year when it was Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Basically, this whole podcast could just be a tribute to Sigourney Weaver. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the origins of the podcast, which was Star Trek. So Yes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah, we wanted to do, yeah, just something very nerdy, a little bit Star Trek-y. And uh, more Alan Rickman also. Never. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Never, never hurt knows. anybody. Yep. Except with your tears. <laughs> Yeah. Your emotions. Yeah. But, you know, feel your feelings. It's so good. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Well, I think, yeah, if you have thoughts on Galaxy Quest, 
or Sigourney Weaver mm-hmm. or Beryllium, uh, mm-hmm. you can reach out to us on social media. We're at Nature Finds a Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can check out our website, naturefindsapod.com. We will be back in two weeks with a much more scientific movie, John Green's favorite, Penguins of Madagascar. <laughs> yes. Oh man, I'm excited to watch that movie again. It's been, I think, since it came out that I have seen it. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I've seen any of the Madagascar, similar to Ice Age. Oh, maybe I haven't seen it. I've definitely seen Madagascar. I assumed it was the same. (laughs) 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 I know, I think I I think I watched it with my nieces like last year. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll be back in a couple of weeks with that. Yeah, um, before we finish, I wanted to do a quick shout out. If you haven't listened to the Whale Tales podcast or don't follow us on Instagram, which you should, you may have, but you do like whales, you may have heard that our Whale Tales Instagram is gone due to some very real life hacking, mm. which is less fun than science hacking science movie hacking yeah and just think i got distracted about how justin long was in a diehard once (laughs) (laughs) like playing a hacker yeah yeah and then and timothy alphon was in that and now he's he was on mando and it's just it's all connected anyway so if you hadn't heard that and did follow us on instagram uh whale tales you can go follow our new account whale tales underscore org which is t-a-l-e-s Please do that and follow us at Nature. We post ridiculous memes and a lot of Sigourney Weaver gifts. So Indeed. who doesn't want that in their lives? Yeah. All right. In the meantime, stay, stay science, science friends. friends.